Hey, Ken. Hey, Ken. Hello, Ken. What is up? <laughs> Ken's back. Uh, it's up, Ken. Uh, it's it's great to be back. This is uh, one of the inaugural episodes of the Lifespan Podcast, Ken Norton. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it is called Illuminated. Um, our hope for these podcasts is we're going to shed the light, uh, a spotlight, so to speak, on the stories of Lifespan. Uh, we have a really fun episode and guests today. Uh, but that is why we exist. We want to share our stories of our individuals uh, and get a chance to hear from them and what we get to do every single day. Yeah, I'm always uh, amazed. And my name is Kem Thukwai, and I have the distinct honor of uh, being the CEO of this great organization that serves under 1,500 individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities across 23 North Carolina counties. And they do it every day, seven days a week. And last week, uh, you brought some folks into the corporate offices, which was just great to have them here. Uh, David and Caden and Isaac and Zachary, right? You got it. Yeah. And um, it, it always resets priorities for me to be in in, in community with the individuals that we serve. But it was funny last week, and you brought this to my attention again. I like to ask our individuals what their biggest wish is, because it'd be great if we could fulfill that wish, you know? Um, and do you remember what Caden said? He wanted to ride in a Tesla. Indeed. I mean, so do I. <laughs> right? So yeah, you know, yeah, and I know that you're going to work on that for him. Um, there is think, one. There's only one dealership. Yeah, in all of Charlotte. So yeah. I'm going there. We're going to get this man into a Tesla. And I, what did Zachary say? I think Zachary said something like he wanted to go to a movie by himself or something. Mm -hmm. And what I, I've realized, the more I ask our individuals what they really, really want out of life, Ken, is they will always answer with the things that you and I take for granted. Mm. It's the things that we do on a daily basis and we don't even think about it. And uh, so I call that the precious ordinary they want to experience. They want to ride in a Tesla. They want to ride a bus. They want to go to TJ Maxx by themselves and pick out something on their own. They want to order from the menu without somebody telling them what to have. Um, and that's what Lifespan attempts to do is come alongside and uh, illuminate their abilities and let them live, flourish, and be who they're supposed to be. Yeah. And also allow them to experience things for the first time. Uh, you'll see and hear a lot of that language. Uh, we are a first-time organization. We want our individuals to experience things for themselves for the first time. Uh, so if they want to ride in a Tesla for the first time, then we are going to help them do that. But if they want to start a business, get a job, um, live on their own for the first time, we're also going to come alongside them and support them in that as well. But ultimately, it is their choice, and they get to choose. And so we just follow their lead. And they, their choice. I'm excited about our guest today. Joining us today is the Richardson family. Dan and Edie Richardson are a special family to Lifespan. Uh, Dan has been a board member for us for the last four years, and I'm really excited to dive into their story. They're going to share with you um, just about their family, um, which has led them to Lifespan, and uh, it's a powerful story uh, for them as they navigate um, being parents of a child with IDD, and so... We will pass it over to them and give them the platform to share what is on their heart. So welcome to the podcast, guys. Welcome, guys. Thank you very much for having us. It's uh, it's exciting to get the word out and, and show uh, not only what, what Lifespan is doing uh, for the community, but uh, what an uh, integral part these folks uh, who who 
deal with a lot more stuff than uh, everyday people that we run into. Uh, they, they have a, a, a tougher way of getting to the finish line, but watching them succeed, watching them illuminate is, uh, is inspiring in so many different ways. And so it was great to hear the stories you guys opened with. Uh, it's, it's a great reminder of, of what's really important. Um, you know, we, we kind of get trained, especially here in Charlotte, but I'm sure everywhere in the world to, to go and chase the, the almighty dollar, uh, to get, uh, as high as you can, uh, in the corporate, uh, you know, pecking order, uh, and all of that stuff is, uh, you know, kind of a false ambition, if you will. Uh, seeing these people become the best version versions of themselves uh, is so just awesome to watch, and it's uh, it's inspiring to help uh, us who maybe have our our priorities out of whack a little bit uh, by by how we were raised as a society. So I was uh, very thankful to uh, to become a part of Lifespan. And I am uh, so excited about uh, where we continue to take it and how we have an impact on our community. Hey, Dan, introduce that lovely lady sitting beside you to everybody. Absolutely. Um, this is my wife, Edie uh, Richardson. We will be married for 25 years uh, come this April. And uh, kind of what she has always had a passion with Camp Joy that she used to work uh, at as a child, as a counselor. Uh, and then 16 years ago, uh, this uh, October, uh, our 16-year-old daughter, Lila, uh, who is uh, significantly impaired, uh, has, been, has become our life's mission along with our other two uh, children who are now juniors in college. No, thanks. Thanks for having us and um, give us an opportunity to share Lila's story. And um, yeah, I would say that being a, a mom of a special needs kid, you just see life in a different way than um, than other people. Um, I think you just don't take things for granted. Um, just the little things that, uh, like on your lifespan, um, offers opportunities for, for these adults, young adults and, and older people to go and have a place to hang out and do their pottery and things like that. Um, and people don't understand that, you know, in a normal, in a normal family, your kids, you raise them and then they're gone. And in a special needs family, that doesn't happen. You have the eternal child, so to speak. And so um, that's probably been, um, at, as she's gotten older, the, the most challenging thing is realizing that you're, you're never, empty nesting is not going to happen. So things, places like Lifespan, um, that's where come into play to kind of help um, support these young adults um, so that they can have a sense of normalcy and be in the community and thrive. And so um, I think that's awesome. Um, you think we learn a lot from, as you guys said in the beginning, like just, I mean, they don't care who the president is. They don't care if it's raining. They don't care 
you know, what time for the mail's running late or whatever, they're just happy. And it's just like taking it back to basics and just, if we could all just live like that, just who cares? Just be happy and um, just the basic things they just find pure enjoyment from. And I think that's um, a really cool aspect of, of watching a kid with special needs grow up in your home and just see what, you know, what really matters and what doesn't matter. So, and then you throw in the, the medical piece of it and um, it just makes you appreciate even more just life in general and just, um, and just the little things. Hmm. Yep. And it, I would say it doesn't come without some, uh, some, uh, I guess, exponentially quick aging. Uh, there isn't a guidebook um, for how, you know, what to do if you have a, a child with an IDD or special needs. Um, you know, first of all, I'd say globally, this is a, a forgotten, underserved group of people. And so it's so great when you come across an organization like Lifespan that's that's in there and willing to roll up the sleeves and and help solve problems, help help illuminate, if you will. Uh, but there is no guidance really for this. Uh, you know, government programs are there. Um, you know, they're they're like getting through the most uh, difficult labyrinth that you've ever come across. Uh, as you're trying to figure this out, you almost get kind of excommunicated through your own personal uh, community, not because, uh, you know, people say, ooh, they have a child with special needs. It's just you don't have the ability to um, go and do things with your friends who are saying, hey, let's let's go to the park um, and play cornhole outside. Or be, well, we can't take our daughter there because it's you know, 90 something degrees outside and we, she can't regulate her temperature. And um, so, you know, you just kind of end up uh, getting uh, left out of certain things. And that's OK, because you also get your eyes opened to things that I would never have gotten a chance to witness. We would have never gotten a chance to witness um, without our daughter, Lila. And so um, I guess having the... Uh, the experience of going through, you know, first the experience of recognizing we've got a child who's going to struggle more than most. And then uh, coming to grips, you know, going through the research and the struggles of figuring out, you know, how to care for this child and what resources are and are not available. Uh, and now getting to the point where not only do we get to see, uh, be, take part in her illumination, but then also get to work with other people through lifespan and to, to see these people uh, reach their dreams. I'm already thinking of ways of how we can help uh, get this individual in a Tesla. Um, you know, just it's become a mission of ours and uh, one that we're, we're all in and excited to be a part of. Well, we're honored you're partnered with us um, to join us in that mission. And initially just want to thank you both for your vulnerability and, and sharing your story and, your family's story. Could you take us from a linear approach, um, just initially what it was like for you both uh, with Lila and um, just kind of start from the beginning to give listeners and all of us a chance to kind of hear 
how did this all start? How did it begin? Yeah, she, um, so, you know, people always ask, that's the first, the first question we ask is, did you know before she Mm. was born or when she was born? No, we did not know. Um, she started having a lot, you know, symptoms early on of just different things. Um, so it was always in question what was wrong with Lila. Like she just wasn't quite like the, the twins and just a normal growth pattern of, of normal milestones and things like that. So, um, so we were dealing with that, um, and not just the unknown really just stunk, but, um, at eight months we were told, Oh, I think she's going to be totally fine. She's just going to be a low muscle tone. She's going to be fine. So then we were like, Oh, thank you, Jesus. Like we, whew, that was rough, but we, we made it. If she's going to be okay, we're going to be this, you know, great little party of five that we had envisioned and life's going to be great again. And then probably two months later is when the seizure started. So, and it's just been a roller coaster ever since then. And, um, her health has declined, um, from, from that point until now. So, um, she's extremely medically fragile. Um, she's nonverbal, um, autistic feeding tubes. Um, her colon's half dead seizures. Her bladder doesn't work anymore. Um, just all kinds of systems that are shutting down. Um, but she can run like Forrest Gump (laughs) and everything's funny. So she, um, she's happy, the happiest kid. It's just like her brain doesn't know that her organs aren't, are tired. Um, and it's just this, um, it's sad to watch, but it's also just crazy to watch, you know, just, just the joy that she has how can anybody be happy, you know, with everything that goes on in her life? Um, so, um, so it's been a, de- a decline. Her first feeding tube placement was at three years. She now has three different buttons in her belly. Um, so it's been a slow um, decline, I guess you would say, from from birth until now. Um, statistically, kids that have her disorder, um, don't make it past 13 years. Um, we're going to be celebrating 16 and we're going to blow it out. Um, because there was a point when she was in hospice for a couple years, when she was younger, we never thought we would make it to this point. So, um, she's a survivor. She is here, no doubt with a purpose, um, for us to tell her story and, uh, to help other people that have, have some of the same disabilities that don't have um, families that, you know, that they can get the support from that they need because not everybody, um, n- not everybody's families want to do this. It's hard. So, um, so we definitely know that Lila's here for a purpose and um, it's not what we planned, but we can't imagine having her any other way, honestly. Yeah. I remember, um, I believe it was uh, shortly after the feeding tube was put in, we went down to Greenville to uh, her, her primary diagnosis is called mitochondrial disease, uh, complex one and three. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I nailed it. And, uh, you know, we gotten to the point where we were uh, feeling sorry for ourselves a little bit. Um, and I don't, I don't know how, you know, who doesn't want to be perfectly healthy and, you know, 
at the top of the top of everything that is uh, graded upon. So it's just always a, a gut punch, no pun intended. That's uh, obviously Lila's biggest uh, uh, issue. But after talking uh, with the UMDF at the time, the, um, you know, we, we were inspired to, to maybe stop playing so much defense and move towards uh, playing a little offense. Sometimes, sometimes that is the best defense is a good offense. And so we got a lot more involved with uh, creating awareness, creating funds, uh, you know, trying to have an impact, knowing that it's not likely going to have an impact on Lila, but for, for future families that are dealing with similar circumstances, we, we thought that was the best way. And it was, it was inspiring and motivating. And um, when you flip that switch, including with everything we do at Lifespan, it takes a, a situation and, you know, some people, you know, we get, get a lot as I, I just, I, I don't think I would be able to deal with that. Well, I, I think I, I'm, I wouldn't trade with anybody. Lila is uh, is one of the most precious, along with her other two children, things I've ever come across. And uh, she inspires me each and every day. She gives me hope. Um, she's introduced us to uh, this segment of the population that we would have never had a chance to come across with. Not just folks that are, uh, as Edie uh, described, who are some of just the most incredible people you'll ever meet that have their priorities in a completely different uh, direction than, than uh, most folks that are, you know, just happy more times than not. But the people that serve um, this population are some of the most selfless, uh, just inspiring people that, that I've ever come across. And I just, am uh, so thankful. I feel so blessed that, uh, that we have uh, this this situation that's enabled us to meet these folks, and it uh, it kind of changes the paradigm of how the world works, and uh, I'm thankful for that. Hey Dan and Edie, thank you both so much for that. It's um, amazing and it's tender and it's vulnerability, and I appreciate it. I want to ask this question because there are a lot of folks who, when anything is out of the ordinary and it comes their way, it's traumatic to a relationship and a marriage in particularly. So where Edie and Dan, do you find your strength as a couple that this hasn't um, pushed you apart? It's actually obviously brought you two together in some ways, but where do you find the strength to do that as a couple? What do you say to couples out there who they have a newborn and they've just gotten the news that this is going to be a different life. This is not going to be what you dreamed about. It's not going to be what you expected. What do you say to those couples? How do they, where do they find their strength? Well, I, we are very strong in our faith. Um, and it's when we were um, faced with uh, bringing Lila into the world, uh, it'll challenge your faith. Uh, I think, I think it's, it's hard to, you start wondering why, and I think why is a, a really a tough question for for virtually uh, any walk of faith, or you know anything that that's not going your way. To ask why can it can be helpful, but it can also uh, lead you down some deep dark paths. And 
instead of, uh, for me personally, and then I'll turn it over to Edie, for me, instead of worrying about what we don't have, I think it's really cool to experience and embrace what you do have. And that is one of these children that, uh, in the words of one of my very good friends, Brian Williams, said, this is a 15-year-old girl who can't say a word and has touched more people in their lives than any person that he's ever met. That's my daughter. Not many people get to say that about their, most most people call their 15-year-old kids knuckleheads at that, at that stage in the game. So uh, um, it just kind of, it's, a, it's an embracing the difference and, and, and in some ways the, it's the blessings that come with it or, or outweigh the challenges. Um, Edie, do you want to add? Yeah, add I, to I, I agree. The first thing when you asked that question, Ken was, I mean, Jesus, honestly, but aside from that, going back to what you're saying is when you first find out and you have two people who are, two totally different personalities and how you're going to handle that, that news. And so I think um, patience is key because um, like Dan said, I had a lot of exposure to special needs before starting going all the way back to, to middle school. And so in medical stuff, it's very interesting to me. So for me, I could accept that part a little bit more and just dig in. Okay, let me find the research, find the doctors, just let's get this done. Where Dan's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're, I'm just still praying for a miracle that our kid's going to be normal. And so I think you have to be patient with each other and where you both are in processing what you're going to deal with because it's, it's totally different. And I now know that, I mean, I, he's positive Peggy and I'm Debbie Downer. So that's kind of what we call each other. And Paul, positive Paul. And so, um, so, you know, I always am like, oh my God, this, you know, the reality, blah, blah, blah. Well, maybe things are going to turn out better than you think. So that's great. But um, I also know, like, if we're about to have a big procedure, I know, something's not going well with Lila and it's going to get worse. And I tell him he's going to be positive. It's going to take him a little while. He's going to be positive about it, positive about it. Positive. And then eventually he is going to accept the reality of what's going on. So I think just being patient with each other and where you are in processing everything um, is, is huge. So. Well, and, and also sometimes it does end up better than, than what she was anticipating. And so <laughs> I, I make sure to tell her that I was right. And, and then the last, the last part I would say is, I know this is going to be a podcast, but uh, Edie's also pretty easy on the eye. So uh, that, that always helps too. <laughs> indeed, positive Paul, indeed. <laughs> Dan and Edie, you both have mentioned that you have two other children, a set of twins. Um, and, and, and there's some challenges there, I assume in a family, how do, how do you, how do your other children, um, embrace this? They are, they, they are awesome. I think they, I mean, obviously they have been left out a lot and, um, that tears us to our core. I mean, 
but I think it's also made them better people. I mean, they have more compassion for other people, um, more awareness of where other people are. Um, just not even just, you know, as a special needs person, but just the general population, they just have more compassion. And, um, I would say it's helped them grow up to just be better humans. But if I could change it and make Lila normal for their sake, for the way that they grew up and have a normal childhood, I would do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. And I would say, uh, you know, they're both juniors in, in college right now. And uh, when they filled out their college applications, um, the essay portion brought Edie and me to tears. They both chose their sister to write about and how it impacted them. And while, you know, we're not dumb, we know it was going to impact them at some level. It probably missed it, how significant it was in their lives. And uh, I think they recognize that, um, that it makes them better. I feel like they're 10 times the people that Edie and I uh, are and uh, Lila's a big part of, of molding us all. Um, you know, I, I hate that they had to go through that. And uh, I think having a strong family and, and sticking together through it all is, is what makes it all work. Um, I know that they would do anything for their sister. I know Lila would do anything for them. It's, uh, you know, she expresses her emotions a little differently, but it, it's, it's tender. It's, um, what keeps me going at the end of the day. And, um, it's, it's worth fighting for. Hmm. Yeah. I think even just listening to your story, it's a great, um, it's a great reminder. I'm trying to put words to it, to not take things at face value. There's just an element of listening where it's like something on that on the surface can be looked at as such a negative, ultimately becomes this shaping, defining, total role reversal of things where there's just such beauty that comes out of it. And Lila's the only one that could have brought that out of you. Mm -hmm. There's not much else that, that is going to do that. And um, there's power in that. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to find words to it. I don't think I've processed it all and I need to sit back and process more, but well, it's just like a bit of it. I was just going to say, it's kind of like what, uh, in the immortal world words of Kelly Clarkson, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And, uh, <laughs> we, we've, uh, we, I, I kid, but, but, uh, you know, Yes, it's difficult. Yes, we miss out on some things, but boy, we have gained so much by having Lila in our lives. I wouldn't trade with anybody. And, you know, we we just, the, the challenges continue to uh, to morph into different things. And, you know, as, as you all know, in uh, serving uh, uh, folks with IDDs throughout their lifespan, you know, there's a lot more resources during the uh, adolescent years than there are in the future or, you know, in the future as they uh, go beyond their schooling ages. And so, you know, that's, that's where we're going to put forth a lot of our efforts into how do we allow Lila to illuminate when some of these resources go away. And, you know, the, so our mission is lifespan's mission. And uh, there's, there's so much that lifespan offers. I don't 
I don't necessarily know if Lila will fit into one of those categories or not. Maybe not, but uh, uh, the mission, whether it, it impacts Lila directly or indirectly, is the same. And again, we are just so thankful uh, to be on this quest together with, with you all and with Lifespan. In my tenure at Lifespan and prior to coming to Lifespan, I realized and found out that if you really want a wall torn down, you want something done, you find a mom and dad and they will do it. Um, they will move mountains for their children. And so I appreciate the mountains that you guys have moved to make a difference, not only in your family's life and Lila's life, but in the lives of others. It's inspiring and we are grateful. We appreciate it. I appreciate the work you do on the board at Lifespan. I know your life is busy, um, but we are transforming and doing, uh, we're doing great work. It's, it's necessary work. So thank you, Dan and Edie. Well, we'd be missed if we didn't thank you and, and also thank um, fellow board member, Russ Zusai, who introduced us to Lifespan. And uh, uh, we're, our, our goal is to get the word out because I think all it will take is an introduction. And I know so many people would want to be a part of this illumination process with us. So um, hopefully this podcast can can be an asset in doing just that. And then uh, the more people that we, we educate, I think the more people will have hopping on the bus with us. Yes, sir. Indeed. Absolutely. And it doesn't take much, you know, like you guys said, you just, you get a chance to meet her and she brings such joy. And I think that goes to say from all of our individuals that we get to serve, just get a chance to come around the mission of what we do here at Lifespan and of the lives of others. And it will change your day. It will brighten it up and it will make it better. And uh, we want to take this podcast, but also just our mission at hand and to introduce as many people as we can to the mission um, to show them and to ultimately heal a little part of their soul um, and to my soul. Because every single time I get to hang out with one of our individuals, um, it's a perspective shift. It's a centering uh, moment in the day. And it reminds you of the things that do matter. And I think in a culture that is very loud and very fast paced, and like you said, Dan, that is very much of this grind, keep on going, achieve, achieve mentality to be reminded uh, and to be humbled in a moment is actually really healing to the soul. And I think our individuals, whether they know it or not, play a part in that. And um, our communities, our cities need that. So thank you both for being a part of this. Um, like you said, we hope this podcast does illuminate not only your story and Lila's story, uh, but the story of others here at Lifespan. And um, we invite anybody to join us in this mission as we continue to serve individuals and to uh, watch them flourish and to grow and to be the best versions of themselves that they can be. Yeah. And that's, that reminds me one last thing. Um, if you, if, if anybody hears this for the first time and wants to stick their toe in the water um, in April, we will have a golf tournament, April 15th, and it will be at Cedarwood, which abuts one of the homes that uh, Lifespan operates, one of the men's homes. And I can't tell you how much I love golf and everybody who participated in the inaugural event last year, how much they love golf. But I guarantee you, anybody who uh, attended that event, participated in that event, the best part was getting a chance to meet those men that Lifespan serves and how 
jovial they are, uh, how uplifting in spirit they are, and what a great opportunity for you to, to come and, and see what we're talking about here on this podcast. So shameless plug, but it's a lot of fun <laughs> with a lot of good people. Hey, you get to, you, you can plug whatever you want, right? This is your story. You, you plug it and um, we'll make it come to life. And yeah, Dan was talking about just, we have different opportunities here at Lifespan. Uh, the golf is one. We have other fundraising opportunities uh, where we like to do that. We like to bring the mission and people together to see it and uh, have fun doing it. Golf is a great way to do it. Ken, you're, you're not a golfer though, right? Thank you for bringing that up, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I am I'm the better golfer of the Kens. Um, you know, a little dig there, but that's okay. We appreciate it, and uh, we will let you know the next time we do a little golf tournament uh, coming up here in April. So thank you both for being here. Um, any final words? Thank you for um, giving us the opportunity to, to talk and um, tell a lot of story. Can't say it any better than that. Too easy, guys. Well, thanks thank for being here, and... Um, Look forward to continue partnering together in the future. So thanks for all you do. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye, guys. Bye. Lifespan Services is a nonprofit for impact organization based in Charlotte, North Carolina. We exist to illuminate the abilities of children and adults with disabilities by providing education, employment, and enrichment opportunities to live work and play in their communities. We are actively inviting partners like you to participate in our mission to ensure all individuals with IDD have the resources they need to flourish. If you want to make an immediate difference, you could do so now by giving financially through our website at lifespanservices.org. Additionally to the website, you discover chances to engage with us as a volunteer or even become a member of our team working alongside individuals every single day. On behalf of everyone here at Lifespan, thank you for helping us illuminate the abilities of others. Thanks for listening to this podcast, and thank you for joining us in this mission. <laughs>